I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Lions Daily on TalkSport 2. Here we go again. I'm Tim Cocker and this is the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 where we are three days away now from the potentially deciding second test between South Africa and the British and Irish Lions. So over the next hour, we'll continue our build-up by hearing from inside both camps. Chris Harris, he's coming to the Lions 15 at centre and he's been chatting to our reporter Nick Heath as well whilst Andrew McKenna has been amongst the Springbok camp. So we'll get the very latest from Jacques Nianaba and Razi Erasmus. And with a matter of days to go until the second test, we'll also be hearing from some of the Lions fans. How are they feeling ahead of this big game? And our player profile, where we delve deeper into each player member of the 2021 tour squad, is Elliot Daly today, whose former director of rugby at Whitgift School, Chris Wilkins, will be with us. It's the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2. Okay. Before we go any further, let's just recap that team news from yesterday for the Lions. So in the front row, one change, Mako Vanapola coming in at loose head prop alongside Luke Cowandicki and Tyg Furlong. Unchanged in the second and back rows with Marowitoji and Alan Wynne-Jones at lock. And Courtney Laws, Tom Curry and Jack Conan at the back of the scrum. Into the back line where another change at half-back. Connor Murray is a scrum half, Ali Price dropping to the bench. And Dan Bigger continues at fly half, assuming he passes his head injury protocols. Robbie Henshaw and, as I mentioned, Chris Harris are in the centres. Chris Harris, one of the changes. Back three unchanged with Duan van der Merwe, Anthony Watson and Stuart Hogg in the back three. Uh, on the bench, a couple of changes. You've got Tao Lupe Falatao coming in at the expense of Hamish Watson. You've got Elliot Daly dropping to the bench and Liam Williams out of the 23. So that is the squad. We'll get we'll get the thoughts of the fans in a little bit about what they make of the selection. And um, well, let's get the thoughts of Rory Best right now, the former Lions and Ireland hooker. He told TalkSport Breakfast that Warren Gatlin's team selection suggests they're looking to replicate the second half from that first test last weekend. Looking at Warren Gatlin's selection, it sort of suggests that he's gone a bit more defensive-minded and, and he's looked at it and thought, they were so dominant in that second half. Well and truly beat South Africa at their own game. I think he, he's thinking now that we can strangle them even more. And the Lions looked like they were getting better and better as that game finished. And he kind of felt that they had another gear or two to go. And potentially South Africa, you know, he looked at the end of that game and thought they'd fired their, their shot and, and had come up short in that first half. I think that's a fair comment from Rory Best. The word you used, Alfie, uh, producer, 
talk, from TalkSport, Alfie Reynolds. Uh, you said pragmatic, and I think that's kind of what Rory Best is saying as well. Yeah, I think so. When we looked at the selection last week, a lot of the talk, Tim, was around, we can see Gregor Townsend's imprint on this team, wasn't it, in terms of maybe being a little bit more expansive than traditionally we've seen Warren Gatland's sides be. And it didn't really work for them in the first half. The first half of that first test was actually pretty awful from a Lions perspective. The second half much improved, and I think it was just a more pragmatic, if you want to say more boring, I think that might be fair, might be unfair, but you know what we mean in terms of how they approach the game, and and I'd suggest the changes suggest that's how they're approaching this second test. Yeah, I I think that... It would be a little bit of a trap, maybe, to sort of uh, to try and just think about doing something different to beat South Africa. Which, to be fair, is what John Bentley on yesterday's show. Uh, he was in the nineteen ninety seven successful Lions squad that won in South Africa. He said they they, they won that series by realizing they couldn't couldn't match them, and so they tried something totally different and something which he said hadn't been done since. I think the difference here is Warren Gatlin's men can actually match up with South Africa and they don't have to try and find necessarily a a completely different plan B. Yeah, and you made the really good point as well at the start of the week that the match on the weekend, there were elements of it that had shades of the World Cup final where it was actually quite tense for a lot of the game and then South Africa pulled away at the end of it. But rather than them increasing the pressure on the Lions, the pressure kind of evaporated in the second half. So I think the Lions can feel that they will be able to stay with the Springboks and then they'll hope that they're able to kick on in the remainder of the game. Do you think that you, in a series like this, Tim, you 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 almost need to make changes regardless like, does that make sense just to keep it fresh and keep the momentum? We said, again, looking back earlier in the week, the stat about the Lions virtually always change their team between the first and second test. I think it was like 1974 or something was the last time they named the same starting 15 from the first to the second test. Just the nature of the series need that injection of new blood or something different. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment. And I think for two reasons. One, because you can tweak tactically having seen in 80 minutes. But secondly, there's no midweek game in this one. So what what would you do with the the 14 15 men that are outside of that match day 23 how do you keep them invested and really dangle that current that you keep showing up in training because that's the only way you get to match day intensity on the saturday is by having that intensity at times during the week in training and how do you keep those 14 15 guys thinking that that shirt is yours show up every day Yeah, and on that point, it was interesting to hear Warren Gatlin this week in some of his media duties say that if the Lions win the second test, they'll look to make a lot of changes for the third test, which I just wondered whether that was a message to the other players within that team who aren't getting selected at the moment, who haven't seen any test match rugby and aren't going to in the first two tests, just to kind of keep them engaged in that way a little bit. Because normally you wouldn't hear that sort of thing, would you? You'd be purely focused on the second test. Yeah, and it's... it's quite a funny one, isn't it? Because on the one hand, you want the squad you're part of to win, but on the other hand, you can, is there a way they can win? But the person in my shirt, it doesn't show up quite as well, so I get a shot. So I guess this is a, a everyone happy. If the Lions go two 0 up, they've won the series, and everyone will come away with a test cap. Yeah, great, exactly, and that that will be the ultimate aim. A one man who is going to get himself a test cap this weekend will be Chris Harris, and well, he comes into the centre and he told Talksports Nick Heath. It's going to be a tough match against that Springbok midfield. We played against that midfield in that 18 game, so we had a good idea of what they were going to bring. They were sort of aggressive in their carries and aggressive in their defence, and they are good at what they do. So I expect it'll be it'll be much the same this week. 
And what about yourself? How do you think you'll slot in with Robbie Henshaw in, in the uh, in the Lions midfield? Have you uh, have you been running much together in training? Yeah, we've uh, we've done we've done a fair bit bit in training, sort of early on in the uh, um, <clears throat> in the tour out in Jersey. Did a bit, and we've obviously been training together this week. So I think I think we'll we're we're, we're a decent partnership, and uh, I'm looking forward to playing with Robbie. Um, he's obviously a, a quality a quality player himself, and. I think we'll uh, we'll really complement each other. Chris Harris. Uh, I mean, everyone's been talking about Marcus Smith's meteoric rise in in a slightly different way. Chris Harris is, is an amazing story. It was only a few years ago he was playing at Tyndale Rugby Club while on loan from Newcastle Falcons, and since then he's just every stage he's then played at, he's looked to the manner born, and that happened in the Six Nations for Scotland, and he's got an incredible chance this weekend against, as he was I- identifying, some of the best centres in the world yeah and I think it'll be really interesting to see what he brings to that midfield as well Tim because him and Elliot Daly have probably been the form centres on tour Daly obviously started the first test and maybe struggled a little bit not purely his own fault for that maybe things didn't really go um, in the way the Lions would have wanted to get the the back line firing um, so Daly drops out Harris comes in he is understood to be a really good defensive leader in that midfield. Him and Henshaw, I quite like the look of that mm. midfield on paper as well. So, yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued to, to see how he gets on. Uh, uh, he can bet that Lacanio Am is going to be waiting <laughs> to give him exactly the same welcome that he gave Elliot Daly last week with a, with a monster hit or two. That's going to be a real key area for the Lions, no doubt. As we look over towards the Springboks, and their side was also announced yesterday, and they also have what, uh, a change, well, two changes, in fact, in the front row. Both props, Stephen Kitsoff and Franz Malherbe, who started on the bench, didn't cover themselves in glory in that second half. They've got a chance to make amends from the start, and on the face of it, with Bongo and Banambi, it looks like a world-class front row. The first couple of scrums will be massive. In the second row, Eben Etzebeth and Franco Mostert, and in the back row, there is a change as well. Sia Khaleesi and Peter Steftatoy on the flank. The change is at number eight with Jasper Visa coming in for Quagga Smith. More on that in a second. Uh, into the back line and it's Faf- completely unchanged. So Faf de Klerk at scrum half, Andre Pollard at fly half, centres Damian Diolande and Lacanio Am, and a back three of Makazoli Mapimpi, Cheslin Colby and Vili LaRue. And I'm sure they will be wanting to fire a shot or two as well as all the powerful stuff that the forwards will be doing. But um, as I mentioned, one area of interest, especially, I guess, for fans of the English Premiership, is the Leicester Tigers' number eight, Jasper Visa, who is starting at eight for the Springboks, whose head coach, Jacques Nienarba, well, he was asked whether they're missing their regular option, Dwayne Vermaelen. Don't get man of the match in a, in a big game like a World Cup fi- final where you're not a quality uh, a player. So, I mean, Dwayne is a quality player, but as is Quagga. I mean, Quagga uh, uh, was good on the weekend. I think tactically I probably wasn't that sharp in terms of... of um, protect him on, on the eyeballs. I, 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 as a coach, I could have done it better. I, I spoke to the team about it. They know about it. And we will definitely look tactically how we can change a, a couple of things in terms of that. So I think I almost hang him out to dry a little bit there. Um, and then obviously, Jasper, the, the reason why, why we started looking at him, he was uh, obviously doing very well in the Premiership. We just want to see whatever Jasper did to get into the squad. We want to see that on Saturday. And uh, he will give. Uh, I'm sure he will give that to us. Jacques Nienaber talking about the number eight situation. Interesting to hear him say, well, he's taking the responsibility for the fact that things didn't go as well as they'd hoped for Quagga Smith, saying that he tactically didn't support him enough. Yeah, I thought that was interesting as well. Is it the typical coach thing if you take the pressure off the players? I think a little bit, but then at the same time, he has made a change in that area. So 
I don't know if it can purely be down to him. But I think number eight is the area where South Africa were missing Dwayne Vermeulen a lot, weren't they, in, in that first test? It was probably the biggest hole, really, I think, in, in, in terms of maybe what didn't go their way. Visa, strong ball carrier. We've obviously seen a lot of him in the Premiership this year, but he hasn't played much for the Springboks. Is this his second cap? I think yeah. he's certainly in the seriously low digits. So um, I wonder how he's going to get on against that, that Lions back row. Yeah, and it's I look at it, and hindsight is twenty twenty, but they sent home the Dupree twins who play at Sale Sharks, both massive men. In terms of just the the, the archetypal Springbok number eight, they fit the mould much more, arguably, than the two that they've retained. And I wonder whether there'd be any regrets. So I, I'd love to know if this is the sort of thing that South African fans are talking about. I suspect it probably is. Yeah, exactly. And particularly given that they played an awful lot of rugby with Sale over the last year or so, when you look at the South African team and the suggestions they might be undercooked and all that sort of stuff and the way they did drop off in the second half of that first test. And yeah, certainly I feel like those Dupria boys would would have a fairly good impact in that squad at the moment. No doubt. It's the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous Grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18 plus, be drink aware. You will not miss a moment of the Lions with us, whether that's... All the news as it breaks from South Africa, analysis, opinion in the build-up to these big games with and also live commentary of all the test matches on TalkSport. And I mentioned I'd love to know what the South African fans are saying at the minute. Well, I'll tell you what, we give a voice to the fans as well. And ahead of the second test, we're going to be doing that with the Lions fans next. And that is it! The Lions will win the first test of the series against South Africa in Cape Town. Both teams... You look at it and go, you know, it's a bounce of the ball, could have gone anyway. They're a metre short of the line, they're up to the line, are they over it? Try scored! First try of the Test Series goes to the British and Irish Lions. On to the next one now and again, it'll be a clean slate this weekend. Anything that happened on Saturday doesn't really matter this weekend. We are only a third done and that message has already been planted, ready to move on, like I said, next week. South Africa are up and over the line. Fafter Klerk has put the ball down in the in-goal area. The joy about South Africa and South Africans is our backs are against the wall and, you know, we need to perform and, and we need to do something special. There's a lot of positives for us and also a lot of things we know we can clearly work on in the week to, to make sure we come back stronger. Cape Town known as the Mother City. Well, it's ready for the mother and father of all battles. We have waited for this series for four years and at times we weren't sure it would happen at all. Uh, Well, Saturday delivered that first win for the Lions in the first test. Uh, The one that the fans wanted, none of them able to travel to South Africa to see it, of course, or be in the ground. But that sea of red did fill clubhouses. It filled pubs around Britain and Ireland. And here on Lions Daily, we make sure we save a seat at our table for some of those fans. Uh, One of them being David uh, proud Scott and uh, uh, one member of the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. How are you doing, David? Very well, mate. Uh, good to speak to you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you are welcome. Um, so firstly, let me ask you about the selection, David. Uh, you've got Hamish Watson out. For, from a Scottish perspective first, Hamish Watson out, Ali Price and Rory Sutherland onto the bench, Chris Harris in. W- what are your thoughts? Sure, yeah. I mean, I think the biggest one there is probably Ali Price losing the starting nine jersey. I think he didn't do an awful lot wrong last weekend. I found some of the, the sort of commentary around his performance uh, a little bit bewildering. Um, I think sort of pre-match, everyone was spe- speculating that it had been brought in, you know, to speed up the game and to try and uh, move the move the, the, the spring box around a bit. 
But I mean, the way that, the way the game turned out, he actually had to sort of do that role that you know Conor Murray was more sort of traditional in fulfilling the box kicking, keeping them pinned round, and sort of um, that sort of accurate kicking game to help the Lions win the aerial battle. And I think largely, and particularly in that first 15, 20 minutes of the second half, he did a fantastic job there. But that being said, and taking off my tartan spectacles, you know, it's clear that this side for the second test has been selected to do that sort of job again, you know, win the aerial battle, win the physical confrontations up front. And you know what? Conor Murray is one of the best in the world at doing that. Um, and I think hopefully Ali will get 20 minutes at the end. And if it, if it needs closing out, he's proven he can do that. If it needs speeding up and chasing it, we know that was why he was picked first time round. So I can, I can just about get on board with that one. Fair enough. Very, uh, very, um, politic of you uh, with that answer there. I'm you going to bring you in... you want me to be more one-eyed? No, 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 I love it. <laughs> I, I love this. Uh, setting, the, setting the bar nice and high for the, the level of conversation. I, I don't know if we'll keep it there with Will, who is a proud Welshman, <laughs> despite not sounding like it. Are you, Will? Oh, I unfortunately don't have the accent to back it up. So <laughs> proud Welshman, indeed. A bit of a Bristolian accent there. You, you, uh, you play at old Elizabethans there. Uh, and well, t- tell me about watching the game. Was it at the clubhouse? Yeah, so uh, a big group of us arranged to watch it down the clubhouse, as you do, you know, uh, see a red as best as we could do. Um, I knew at least half the club actually had tickets this year to go out to South Africa, so devastated not to be there. But, you know, showing full force uh, down the club, down oldies. But, of course, as the way technology goes these days, halfway through the game, it's crackling up, we're getting a little bit worried, and then we miss the last five minutes of the first half and we're just panicking. Panic stations are kicking in. Luckily, I live about, I don't know, five, ten minutes down the road. So I'm like, right, that's everyone Uber up. Every Uber in the local vicinity was called. We, we took every beer we could possibly take from the clubhouse. Uh, of course, the treasurer might be listening. We did charge everyone for those beers and then piled into my living room. So the sea of red in my tiny little living room was uh, a good fun. And we arrived just in time to watch... Um, uh, what's his, I've lost his name now. Uh, Cowan Dickey. Cowan Dickey go over for the try just in time to start getting back on board. Wonderful stuff. And so if you were all crammed into your living room, did the celebrations spill out uh, back to the club or elsewhere? (laughs) So the celebrations carried on big time. You know, a couple of games going on during the matches. Uh, If it was your position, um, as we all do across the country in our clubhouses, if your position scores a try, you're definitely having a cheeky shot for it and enjoying ourselves. And then the night turned big. We went hard straight down to Bristol Town for it afterwards. A couple of live jerseys still on. Um, I know clubs are a little bit reluctant to let us in with the jerseys on. However, you know, you can't say no to them. These boys wanted to be in South Africa, but we represented well in Bristol. Love it. I, d- I don't think the exchange rate on the, on those refreshments is quite what you'd have got in South Africa, but it sounds like you properly went for it. Nice one. I've d- I'm just going to come back to you for a second, David. Uh, and um, I'm just wondering, actually... As a Scot, are you more invested in this Lions series than, than any you can remember, given the the influence that Scottish players are having in it? Does that make a big difference to you? Yeah, I think it, I think it really does. I mean, I've, I've always been a, a big fan of the Lions, you know, for the last few tours. I mean, I think 97 was the first one I remember, but I was only eight years old. So, you know, it's a different, a different sort of engagement, really. I mean, I think 2009 was probably the one that you sort of like properly when I properly got that love for the Lions. But, yeah, I mean, I think having test starters um, really does give you a little bit more investment in it. And, um, 
you know, I think Scottish rugby's been on a, a journey for the last few years. You know, a lot of false dons, um, you know, big games and failing. So it was just, it was a real joy to actually see lads starting for the Lions and putting in quality performances. And I think it, it really has reinvigorated my love for that, that sort of Lions jersey. But I think in Scotland as well, I think people are feeling much more invested in it um, as a project as a whole. And anyone invested in uh, Scottish rugby can go and check out the, the Thistle podcast as well. Nice one, David. Appreciate it. No worries. Thanks a lot, Tim. Uh, w- Will, it, how do you see this weekend going? Because there's a lot of people thinking it's going to be more physical and a, another couple of notches up from where it was at the weekend. What, what do you reckon? Yeah, you look at it and you think it's going to be bang and crash, isn't it? It's uh, The first half is going to be physical. You're bringing Conor Murray in. I'm a nine myself, so hearing your boys chat about the scrum half competition, I was desperate to jump in a second ago. Um, but I think the one thing he's going to bring is that box-kicking platform. However, you know, putting putting your tartan spectacles on, Dave, bringing Ali Price off the bench, maybe when to after is still tiring again. I know they've now got another game under their belts, but... I, I still see them tiring in the last 15 of the game and to bring Ali Price on to, to electrify the game, to speed it right up. Admittedly, do I want to see Gareth Davis in that position? Potentially a little bit, but um, I reckon bringing Price on later in the game where we can start going out in the back a little bit more, um, utilising the speed out wide. I would just want to see Watson with ball in his hand with a little bit more space. And that, but I do think the first half is going to be all up front, physicality, and hopefully Lord is back at back up to his best like he was last week, an absolute specimen. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and like you say, I want to see. Oh yeah, I want to see Watson and Hogg and Van der Merwe with a ball in their hand. But um, I don't want to see Cheslin Colby anywhere near that ball. If that, if that's quite <laughs> all right. Uh, Will, really appreciate your time, mate. Um, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring Matt in now. How you doing, Matt? Hi, okay. Uh, Englishman, Bath fan as well, but uh, we're all Lions at the minute. And uh, firstly, can I ask you, what do you make of Razzie Erasmus and his shenanigans this week? You've been keeping up with uh, that particular soap opera, the the Twitter burner account and stuff. What do you make of all that? Um, It's quite entertaining. It's rather bizarre. Um, But, I mean, him denying it in the press conference and stuff like that, when it's very, very obvious to see that, you know, it is Razzie doing the tweeting and you can see it but it adds a bit of entertainment and same as him doing his water boy um act as well which obviously you know that's a little bit dodgy but you know if that's how he wants to do it and it, it's all up to him but it was trying to play the magnanimous you know oh well done and then suddenly using his burner account to point out you know things that he wasn't happy about and then trying to deny it. it's just i don't know strange but yeah, strange, strange but entertaining. I think it does maybe hint that that he's a little bit rattled. What what sort of a reaction are you expecting from the box this weekend? I think it's going to be quite a brutish affair. I think um, I think they're going to be it, it's going to be a bit of a rough and tumble one. I think that you know we, we've awoken the beast. I think I think they sort of you know they weren't quite expecting you know the, the they've got a big powerful pack. They didn't seem to be able to implement that. The Lions managed to sort of nullify it last week, and I don't think they, it made them uncomfortable. Um, they were rattled and made a lot of ill-discipline uh, through the game. And I think this week they're just going to be really sort of just hitting really hard and driving into the forwards as hard as possible. I think it's going to be quite a a beastly account this weekend. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. There's some there's some proper alpha males in that South African side, and their pride will be dented. I think we I think you're right. We're going to see a reaction. Hang fire there for a second, Matt, because uh, Ben okay. is on as well. Hi, Ben. Hi, Al. 
Uh, what are your thoughts on the on the selection from Warren Gatlin this weekend? The little tinkering he's done with with some of the, those pieces. You you on board with all those? Yeah, I mean Warren Warren never makes a mistake, does he? Um, I know he upset a lot of Irish fans uh, back in 2013 by dropping Bod. Uh, he's upset a lot of Welsh player Welsh fans by not playing uh, Josh Adams, but uh, he always he always seems to get it right. I, I looked at the team after the game and thought, well, I'm not sure who I would change, but he's obviously seen something, he's got a game plan and he's sticking to it. Yeah, do you know what? I'm with you. I'm at the point where I'm like, if, if Warren says it, I, I instantly agree with it because that's how good the man is. If he manages to get this win at the weekend, do you, in your mind, will he be the greatest ever rugby coach full stop? I know there's not a World Cup in his in his column, but two semi-finals for Wales is, is is a pretty good return at international level. Where, where do you where might you rank him if he pulls off this series victory? I think he'll be right up there. Um, I'm not sure he'd necessarily be at the top. Um, there's a certain gentleman from Wales who who uh, managed the fabulous Lions tour, but um, uh, I, I would I would say in the professional era, Warren's right up there. Yeah, I think that's a, a fair shake, a fair shout, Matt. What what are your plans uh, for the weekend? I, I I love the thought that there's clubhouses or pubs or whatever uh, being filled up. You got? Have you organised your plans yet? Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to be working and listening to the radio. Um, so I'll be on tender hooks listening to that. Because unfortunately, I start uh, halfway through the game, which is quite annoying. Um, but it just means that everybody else has to tolerate listening to me listening to rugby and getting a little bit excitable um, while trying to work. I mean, I mean, arguably, that is being paid to enjoy the greatest coverage of the British and Irish Lions tour of South Africa with the commentary on Talksport, of course. So you, you're in good, oh. you're in good hands. What about you, Ben? Well, actually, Saturday's my birthday, so I was supposed to be out there for the second test for my birthday. Um, COVID intervened, so I'm having a barbecue at home, and we're going to be watching it. I'm afraid, so I won't be listening to Talksport. I will be watching Sky Sports instead. Yeah. Well, <laughs> someone, someone, <laughs> sorry about that. Someone, someone's got to listen to Will Greenwood. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> right. Uh, ben, a happy birthday for the weekend. So many people have said this this tour to South Africa was my whole summer planned. I was on board with that as well. So um, I, I totally feel your pain. But uh, gents, enjoy the game at the weekend. Uh, we'll have you back uh, here on TalkSport when you need us. Or don't need us, Ben. We'll still be here, mate. Have a, have a good birthday. Thanks for your time, lads. Cheers, thank you. It's the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18+, plus. be drink aware. And yes, TalkSport has commentary of every test match between South Africa and the British and Irish Lions, where next we will chat with Chris Wilkins. Now, he's the director of rugby at Whitgift School and was when Elliot Daly went there. Elliot is today's player profile. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Elliot Daly, Saracens, England. Elliot Daly, left-footed. That's a beauty. That is, that is Elliot Daly in a... In a microcosm. I love playing 13, uh, getting my hands on the ball, being able to defend a little bit more. If you had any doubt that we were in a massive test match, that last phase of play shows it. It was incredible from start to finish. Elliot Daly is folded up like a travel map. Elliot Daly over the 22. Lovely angle from Elliot Daly. And he will glide over and put the ball down in goal. Last time I only played sort of 10, 12 games for England, came in and probably one of the highlights of my career to date. And um, I, I want to kind of replicate that again. That reminds me, I need to ask James Haskell, what's a travel mat exactly? I'll, I'll get an answer from him, but what a tour it has been for Elliot Daly so far. For, for many people, he was a surprise selection in the squad at all, but after some really impressive performances throughout the warm-up games, he started the first test last weekend, and he is today's player profile on Lions Daily. The part of the show where we chat with family members, former teammates, people that knew these guys when they could only dream and their dream was maybe to be British and Irish Lions. And today we're joined by Chris Wilkins, the director of rugby at Whitgift School. And uh, he was at Whitgift School when Elliot Daly played his schoolboy rugby there. How are you doing, Chris? Yeah, good, thanks. Tim, how are you? I'm, I'm great, actually. I'm, I'm looking forward to you spilling the beans on a young Elliot Daly. What was he like? Yeah, no, he was a, obviously a very talented sportsman, good at, good at a number of sports, um, anything he turned his hand to, to be honest. Um, and, you know, particularly, obviously, rugby and cricket. Also a good a good lad, good academically around the school and uh, got on with all staff and uh, boys. So yeah, a, a really good lad. So what you're basically saying, he was that he was that annoying kid at school, just did everything. Yeah, he was, I suppose. Yeah, to put yeah. it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, what made him stand out at that young age? Well, I think from a from his rugby point of view, just his pace and his power, and just every time he got his hands on the ball, you know, things happened. He created opportunities for either himself or others. And uh, just an, an outstanding natural quality player. And he was part of a pretty tidy side you had. I think won the Daily Mail Schools Cup with uh, Marlon Yard and Lawrence Okoye also played uh, in the same team. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Those those are all in the same team. Lucky to have a very talented team then, but you know, a lot of good hard workers in that team as well who've, who've played good solid club rugby. And uh, yeah, the whole um, the whole team gelled well that year. And uh, yeah, it was a great year. So, you know, some of the best coaches in the world can't seem to agree on uh, what Elliot Daly's best position is. Uh, where was he back then at Whitgift? Centre, wing, fullback? Yeah, we'd play him in the centre. Yeah, I mean, to me, to me 13's his best position. I think, uh, um, you yeah, know, I think, you know, when he's, when he's um, letting the ball kind of 
drift across him or, or cutting lines and everything. And if we get quick ball, get it in his hands, he'd link well with the back three and uh, always create things. So, yeah, to me, 13's his best position. And uh, hopefully, you know, when he comes on in, in the second half um, on Saturday, he'll have opportunities with the game opening up to kind of create some space and and help the Lions score some tries. So obviously you've got a, a slight vested interest. You're watching Elliot Daly and you, you can remember the young guy, so you're rooting for him. So uh, you and Warren Gatlin seem to agree on his be- best position. Has uh, uh, Eddie Jones had you shouting at your telly a little bit over the years? Uh, well, to be honest, I, I, I am pleased to see him playing at 13. I think that's his best position. I think he'll, you know, there's a lot more to come from him as well. And I think if he did play there regularly... Um, you'd really see the benefit. But, you know, he's he's a versatile player who can cover other positions. So, you know, they may be looking at something different. But, you know, for me, 13 is his best position. And uh, I think if he's left there, he'll, he'll uh, do really well. Brilliantly diplomatic. Uh, played that played that one like a politician. <laughs> Didn't get reeled in at all. I love it. Uh, when, when he was that uh, young man at Whitgift School, did you expect him? Was he one of the guys you marked out and thought he would reach this level? Or, or how has he done in terms of your expectations? Uh, to be fair, I mean, it, it didn't take Einstein to work out. He was a very, very talented player. He was one of the best in the in the year groups all the way through. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he had a good attitude, which I think is key to if you're going to do well long term. You know, he works hard, very good attitude, very, very competitive, but also relaxed with it. So, um, yeah, I, I thought he'd do well, but, you know, you don't quite know how well he'd do. So uh, it's, it's good to see him doing well and I'm sure you know he wants to keep pushing on definitely yeah for sure Chris uh, there's a couple of comparisons I want to make between the Elliot Daly that we've known and watched and what you knew did he have a massive boot on him back in school yeah. days yeah we he did I mean uh, we had one game at Twickenham on final when um, we were 6-0 up at, after about 10 minutes I think it was and we hadn't even got into their half which you know he kicked two penalties from in his own half at Twickenham at the age of 17-18 it's it was outstanding, really. So, uh, yeah, he's always had a big boot on him. Freakish talent that he's got there. And another real talent he has, I don't know if you've seen his interest in coffee, him and, him and his busy mate, Jamie George. Uh, baristas, they, they, he does all the proper latte art and stuff as well. Yeah. I, I don't suppose that started uh, school days. That'd be a, maybe slightly odd for a schoolboy to do, to get into espressos and stuff. But um, Yeah, no, I never saw that. To be fair, he was never sat still. Um, break time, lunchtime, he's, he was out playing all sorts of sports, all sorts of games with his mates. So uh, I'm surprised he sits down for a cup of coffee. But yeah, I've heard he's very um, keen on that. And it's, no, it's good to see he's got other interests, obviously. Well, maybe he was snaffling the odd uh, double espresso and that's why he couldn't sit down at school. We'll see. Anyway, w- one thing I will say is, right, if, um, or I will ask you, is if you were chatting to Elliot right now, you, you know, you, you knew the boy and you, you're seeing the man right now and he's at the very summit of the game of rugby. What message would you send to Elliot? Well, I just just play your natural game. Uh, I spoke to him or texted him last week, and we shared a few texts and everything. Just just play your natural game, and uh, um, you know when you get the ball in your hand, take people on. I don't think he's someone who you want to kind of um, give him loads of information on what to do. He's an instinctive player, so I would just say play your natural game, have a crack at them when you've got the ball in hand, and and enjoy the whole experience. I mean, to be playing at the level he's playing at the moment. He's fantastic. Um, it'd be interesting on Saturday because I think he's got a different role this week and he'll come on as the game breaks up and hopefully he'll have a few more opportunities than he did last week in a very tight game. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed he gets on and goes well and more importantly, the Lions get a good win. I love the fact that, uh, and we have heard it not just from you, Chris, but from other former coaches, 
Uh, I love the fact that these, these players, even at the very top of the game, are still in touch with these guys that have played a, a role, big and small, throughout their career. That must feel pretty special for you as well. Yeah, it, yeah, it is nice. And everyone at the school as well. And, you know, at the end of the day, they're all normal blokes, aren't they? So uh, he's he's a normal bloke and he he keeps in touch with people. And he, he comes came back to the school last year or, or a couple of years ago before COVID. And, you know, it keeps them grounded and... Yeah, a lot of people have helped him along the way and he enjoys keeping up in touch with them all. Chris, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for thanks for speaking to us on the Lions Daily, mate. Thank you. No problem. Thanks a lot. It's the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18 plus, be drink aware. And yeah, Elliot Daly, um, uh, well, everyone had someone at school that was an Elliot Daly. You can just play every single sport amazingly well, uh, academically gifted and by the sounds of it, a charming bloke as well. Yeah, I remember because I, th- I think we were the same year at school. Now, I didn't go to a school that was really good enough at rugby to necessarily play Whitgift, but I remember hearing about that team. And I, th- I believe as well in, so they won it, they won the Daily Mail Cup twice, once with the Marlon Yard and Lawrence Okoye as well when Elliot Daly was in the year below. And then when he was in the, his last year of school, they won it again. And I think it was him against, you remember Charlie Walker who played for Harlequins? Yes. Um, blonde, who, blonde exactly, rapid yeah. winger. Yeah, so he was also a centre back in school. And I think him and Elliot Daly were almost like the best two centres in the country at, around that time in terms of that age group. And Elliot Daly's side ended up winning. But I always remember that I think it was those two against each other in the final at Twickenham. Oh, okay. there's, some, there's some niche schoolboy rugby from around 2010 for you. If you could see the, uh, the, the sort of... The little glow around Alfie right now as he's getting all nostalgic. You'd love it. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, next uh, on Lions Daily, we're going to round up more from the tour, including... Hearing from the Lions strength and conditioning coach, Hugh Bennett. Xander Fakerson, Scotland. If he were in front of you right now, about to play his first game for the Lions, what would you say to your brother? Just do what you do. You know, you don't forget in flash. You just play the game, play the reason that you were picked. Enjoy it. Josh Adams! Try score! I just think we all so proud of him and can't wait to him wear that red jersey and come on the pitch Saturday and do the business like he always does we were clamouring our coaches we were like you've got to start Jack Conan in the senior really? cup you've got to start him he's this good I remember coming back a year later it just so happened that the team just after we left school ended up being one of the best teams in the history of St. Gerrard's partly because Jack Conan was on the team <laughs> and Curry will take the pass from Anthony Watson and Curry will go in and score a try for him to get his first Lions cap it, it's still quite surreal even after 33 England caps I don't think I can be any more proud. Everything that happens from this point on is just fantastic. My goodness me, we have seen an almighty tackle here from Laws. It was a Courtney Laws special. He knows how proud we all are in Northampton, particularly at Northampton Old Scouts. And I think that, you know, whatever he does, he will make us proud. So only a moment ago I was speaking with Elliot Daly's old school coach and there you just heard a few more of those voices that we've had on Lions Daily over the last month or so hearing from people back home who can't be there in South Africa in the flesh this time around and within that bit of audio you just listened to Tom Fagerson, Zander's brother Ben Backup from Hendy Rugby Club where Josh Adams played Jeremy Fulham who went to school with Jack Conan David Curry, Tom Curry's dad and Chris Parr who coached a young Courtney Laws Amazing stuff Oh, that's what it's all about. I've, I've got goosebumps there, Alfie. 
I'm disappointed you haven't shed a tear, but Goosebumps is good enough. Oh. But it is nice, though, isn't it, Tim? Genuinely, it's been really nice to hear those stories uh, throughout Lions Daily, as you mentioned, in terms of the stories back home, whether it's local rugby clubs or schools or family members, the fact that they can't be there, the fact that it is such a, a massive part of where all of those players have come from. I've really enjoyed that section of the show. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cracking stuff. And uh, you just feel like you're getting a little bit closer to the players. And I, I want to get you a little bit closer to what's going on in the Lions squad when there's no cameras about because uh, a big focus from that first test was the the noticeable difference between the, the two sides fitness and the Lions uh, strength and conditioning coach Hugh Bennett he spoke with our man in South Africa Neil Manthorpe earlier yeah we're definitely happy the way things went from that side of things obviously uh, to get the result was fantastic uh, but everyone went in at half time confident that we knew we still had plenty left in the tank and it was something we picked up from that South Africa A game well inverted commas of Africa E game. Uh, you know, they started well in that game in fairness. They brought their power game, which we all knew was is, is their strengths, but uh, it didn't last. So we knew it could be very similar for this game. So the confidence was there, but not only from that South Africa A game, just the confidence, the work, the workload, the boys, the squad put in early on in our, in our preparations. You know, we take them back to Jersey uh, where we had our early morning altitude sessions prepping for what uh, we knew was going to, the threats out here. Because initially, obviously, we thought it was going to be the last two tests at altitude. But even when the rumours were coming around that that was going to change, uh, the benefits we get from that training we was doing is whether you're altitude or not, you, you, you're going to make improvements in that repeatability, the power output we wanted from the guys. And uh, yeah, you could say uh, apart, apart that come to the fore, come that second half, that last 20 minutes. The guys who've been isolating in their hotel rooms, um, there aren't any now, but... There were. I mean, there were guys having to spend six or seven days by themselves in their room. How did they? Ten days. Ten days. Ten days. Yeah. So we had an, uh, obviously the uh, the situation where Hoggy was uh, left up in Johannesburg when we all come down to Cape Town, uh, and then finds himself starting obviously in the first test. Uh, you know, these are situations we we knew that could could arise, and we had to deal with it. In fairness to Hoggy. Uh, he had the deal of it awesome in himself. So we left some equipment up in the gym up in Johannesburg. Uh, the physios and some of our guys were doing Zoom calls with him every now and then. A little bit of a blessing disguise, you could say, because he had a little bit, bit of a dead leg. So uh, it helped his recovery. Uh, but there were staff members up there as well. Obviously, Gregor was up there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, I asked him how, what was the worst moment he went through in them 10 days. And still, he says that first time he was told he's, he's got to go to his room. Uh, but like, like I say, we knew these problems were going to come up. Uh, and I think we're just happy that it, we dealt with it the best way we could. Obviously, these are elite athletes and very, very competitive. Do they all know how, how much each other can bench press? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know about that uh, what the numbers are but uh, yeah they are all elite they're all competitive uh, obviously the team selection went out last week that Tuesday session was uh, was quite punchy to say the least excuse the pun uh, but now I think Gats has alluded to it uh, the work the non-15 the non-23 have put in to help the match day squad prepare has been fantastic uh, I'm just going to make sure that keeps rolling and I'm sure with the group we got it will Who's the strongest man in the squad? Strongest man in the squad. Uh, the couple of Scots boys like to chuck some uh, dumbbells around. Uh, I think boys, it's hard to say which is strongest now because even though we are peaking, some, some guys might have their mind on the summer that's coming up. 
Oh, Hugh Bennett straight batted that one as well. That's a man after my own heart. Neil Manthorpe asking about who can bench what. Love it. Squat. I, I, my, my YouTube history is just looking at deadlifts and stuff. So, uh, yeah, love that. It's part of the reason that I left it in there, Tim. I knew that you'd appreciate <laughs> the questioning at the end there from Neil Manthorpe. Definitely it, did. Yeah, I'm glad it went down well. Uh, the Lions strength and conditioning coach Hugh Bennett there, who I'm going to call it, could well be, at the end of this tour, one of those unsung heroes because the way that the Lions contained the physical edge that South Africa bring over that whole 80 minutes and didn't, as happened to England in the Rugby World Cup final, as we've already mentioned, the dam didn't burst with the Lions. That's a massive effort. Yeah, and I think the way is what he mentioned there as well in terms of having players in isolation and leaving some equipment with them. They've had to kind of operate on their feet, haven't they, as the situation's evolved with players isolating and how they've had to keep them in some sort of decent physical condition despite being in their hotel room for, for 10 days. So I don't think we can underestimate the the impact of that S&C team. And as you say, from what we saw in that first test, uh, the Lions absolutely looked like they had the edge. What I'm really interested to see, Tim, is what does it look like in the second test? How much has that 80 minutes improved South Africa to be able to stay with the Lions? Are they at a point where they simply can't get that fitness back in time to be able to compete in the Test Series? We're going to learn an awful lot on Saturday. Oh, you're not wrong. Uh, Well, we focused a little bit on the Lions so far. What about the Springboks? Our reporter, Andrew McKenna, he caught up with their head coach, Jacques Nienarber, this week. Jacques, how much is the balance between um, changing what you did on Saturday for a slightly different game plan and maybe doing what you did better? Where where is the balance between that from Saturday? All we have to do uh, is we we were five points short of of the British and Irish lines. We need to get five points more. So I don't think in terms of, uh, of if you look at uh, the game plan, I I think we were unfortunate. We were over the try line three times, uh, only one awarded, uh, one try awarded. You know, so um, I think there was opportunities for us, and for for reasons that we all know, uh, some of those opportunities weren't were, were not uh, allowed. You know, or the tries were disallowed. So that's the main thing. Uh, I think uh, we just got to improve. Like I said after the match, I, I felt that uh, in the second half we didn't handle the contestable uh, kicking game from the Lions. Uh, uh, we didn't handle that as good as we could have. Yes, there was tactical errors from my side. Uh, and obviously, we will have to. We worked incredibly hard in the week to rectify that. And uh, yeah, we just need to get five points more uh, uh, um, to be in the in the mix. I think that's a fair comment from Jack Nearnarbor. Actually, now I think about it, and I think James Haskell in commentary on Talksport was was right in saying on another day the Lions could have been hosed by South Africa. Yeah, I think we're, a lot of people are forgetting that, aren't they? A lot of people are thinking the Lions were much better in the second half and they did brilliantly to come back into it. But the reality is they could have still easily lost that test match. A couple of those decisions, which let's be frank, were pretty close and maybe the Lions were on the right side. If they go a different way, then the Lions lose that and all of a sudden they're 1-0 down going into this weekend looking to save the series. So despite what we've said about South Africa and our concerns over their fitness in the second half, they weren't that far away from winning. So do you know what? Maybe we've overlooked them a little bit. Possibly. Well, we can't have an end of a Lions daily without hearing from... Razzie Erasmus and uh, England, England's World Cup winning coach Sir Clive Woodward has been saying that Razzie needed to take a step back and allow Jacques Nianarber to coach the Springboks. Razzie Erasmus responded to that suggestion yesterday. I don't know if a Sir is so important in South Africa than in England, I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, uh, that, that's his opinion. Uh, myself and Jocks is great mates. 
Um, underwater carrier at this stage, so I think he's, he's, he's higher than me uh, in rank. So uh, uh, I really don't think uh, we've always worked together since since the military, since 1990. Uh, the way we work together, I think if you go and look at that match on Saturday, uh, I think in minute 71, you know, we, we almost scored a try that was called back, you know, and then our working relationship might have been perfect. And then people say it's working really well. So, you know, I wouldn't listen too much to Sir Clive Woodward. Uh, he doesn't really matter to me. I've got to say, Razzy Rasmus it is, in, is in just awesome form in these press conferences. I can't get enough. He's box office, isn't he? But in a kind of dry way where you're not sure if he's completely taking the mickey or being serious. It's probably a combination of the two where he says, being a sir doesn't mean as much South Africa. I'm just a water carrier. There's a lot to unpick in that. And, and he's also a World Cup winner too. Yeah, uh, exactly. And, and much, much more recently as well. So uh, I'm, I'm loving it. Hopefully, Razzie gets uh, handed a microphone and can come up with some more gold. And if he does, you'll hear it on the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18 plus, be drink aware. Remember, you can listen again to this on a podcast. Subscribe to Lions Daily wherever you get yours or head to the podcast section of the TalkSport app. It is all on the line Saturday evening. You'll hear commentary of the second test between South Africa and the British and Irish Lions on TalkSport, kick-off 5pm. Britain feels broken, but how do we fix it? Westminster just doesn't seem to have the answers, but we have found some people who do. Join me, journalist Becca Hudson, and me, the former MP Ed Vasey, for How I'd Fix... From the price of a pint to the housing crisis, this is the show where we take an alternative look at the problems plaguing the nation. And hear practical solutions from those in the know. Catch new episodes of Howard Fix wherever you get your podcasts. Rebuilding Britain starts here.